how did Ali Garced close 55 sales transactions in her first two years? We're going to find out right now. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, find out why agents across the country come to Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering clients a real estate sales and marketing solution to generate more business. And Real Geeks is super easy to use. Their websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for the end user. Real Geeks is also mobile-friendly, delivering an excellent user experience on the go. Real Geeks includes an easy-to-use CRM, so once your leads sign up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up triggers. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase your brand awareness. Do yourself a favor and please visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. This episode is also brought to you from modwell.io, who can take your listings and quickly virtually renovate them to show prospective buyers what's possible, making your sales much faster and for higher price points. Guys, this is awesome stuff, and I'll be telling you more about Modwell halfway through the episode, but for now, go visit modwell.io, that's M-O-D-W-E-L-L.io. And now, onto the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top 1% producer, Ali Garced. Before we get to Ali, just a couple of quick reminders. Please, as always, the best way you can help our show is by telling a friend. Think of one other realtor that you know that is having a tough year. Guess what? We're all having a tough year. Uh, So send this podcast out. It might just help your fellow agent do a little better. And also support our sponsors. We love our sponsors. They pay the bills. So please support them. Check out their products and services. Buy their stuff. Trust me, guys. It's all good. We vet all of our sponsors before we ever accept money from them and we only accept the best. So please buy their stuff. We would love you to do that. Um, all right, guys, and you've heard enough from me. Let's get to the main event, my conversation with the great Ali Garcet. Okay, today on the show, we have Ali Garcet from Ali the Agent Brokerage with EXP. Now, let me tell you more about Ali. Now, Ali Garcet, who is known as Ali the Agent on all social media platforms, um, developed checklists, systems, and processes to be able to close 55 transactions in her first two years as an agent. Super amazing. All while being a solo agent and in her first year, and she still had a full-time job at the time. Amazing. She had more leads than time, so she grew her realtor downline, her team. She developed 
this listen to this everybody this is so cool she developed a 180 step onboarding checklist that her agents all over the country use and also has a 200 step checklist on working with buyers and sellers from start to finish so agents can treat this as an actual business and she gives these checklists and systems and processes to all of the realtors that partner with her she's a fanatic of tracking her numbers and so she has two excel sheets that she tracks one is her hourly pay broken down by category how much she makes per hour working with each seller, buyer, referral, which is really smart. And the other tracker tracks how many uh, conversations she has every day, week, and month that lead to appointments and closings. She is more than happy to share these trackers with anyone in our audience that asks for it. So guess what? You're going to ask for it. I want you all to grab your phone, unless you're (laughs) driving, don't do it then, but grab your phone, go to whatever social platform, Instagram, I know she is big on, and just do a search for Allie, the agent, A-L-I. So A-L-I, the agent, you'll find her. She's super easy to find and partner or message her and she will get you that, those checklists and you can even learn a lot more from her. By the way, she is also uh, a, a veteran. Of, of of the the armed forces, so we want to honor her for her service. She's too humble to say that, but that's what she has done for our country, and we we thank her for that. Allie, welcome to. Oh, and by the way, also follow her on her website, which is garcedrealty.com. J G A R C E D Realty.com. She has tons of resources for agents on there as well. So follow her on social media, Allie the agent, and then follow her on her website, Garced Realty. Allie, welcome to the show. DJ, that's the best intro I've ever received. I really appreciate ah, that. <laughs> can, can, can we say that this is this is such a fun episode for me because Ali sent uh, a, a message in to our um, to our podcast not that long ago in the last couple of months, and she was mentioned. And we always love when when people tell us uh, that our show helped them grow their business. And um, it appears that our show has helped you. And I am so, so honored to have a, a listener now on um, as a guest. We've done that just a few times in the about 500 episodes. So this is a big, big win for me. I am so happy that you're here. And also, um, you just seem like a really fun person and you do a lot. I th- I'm really a big fan of yours now. Um, so I'm glad you reached out to us so that we can now have this conversation. And uh, it was an instant yes. I was like, we got to have her on because this is amazing. Um, but let's let's start at the very beginning of the journey uh, because you haven't been doing this all that long and yet you have amassed a, a, a huge team. You've done a ton of transactions and you are now teaching agents how to duplicate the success that you've had. So let's start at the very beginning before you knew how to do any of this. So how did you get into real estate? Was it immediately after leaving military or, you know, tell me about sort of how that worked. Yeah. So I actually got into real estate first through investing and I purchased my first, you know, condo because I was active duty air force for a decade. I recently separated. Um, so I started investing. I realized that I liked it and not all the agents were, you know, they're not all created here. equal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll say it that way. <laughs> um, some agents were great. Some agents are, I was like, Hey, did you ever even go on the property? Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, um, <laughs> as I, I knew that I wanted to separate from the military. I was I was unhappy. You know, I I was looking at the people that I would be replacing the colonel, lieutenant colonels, and I didn't want to be where they were. Uh, that's not the life that I wanted to live. So I was thinking, you know, how I, I knowing that I want to separate from the military, 
knowing that I want to run away from something, what am I going to run toward? You know, what, what should I do? Should I, I want to start my own business because I don't want to work for somebody else. I'm kind of done with W2s. I'm kind of done with deploying. I've been out of the country three years. I don't want to be out of the country another three in order just to get the military retirement pay. Not worth it for me. So I was thinking of all sorts of things. My wife in the background was like, hey, how about you become a realtor? How about you become a realtor, realtor, realtor? And I was like, no, I don't like kitchens. I don't like cutesy stuff. I don't wear heels. I certainly don't dress up. I'm like, this is no, um, I, I think I'll pass on that. It's all, it's all selling sunset, right? Like, like <laughs> the TV says. Sure. <laughs> so but the the more that I started listening to podcasts, because that's exactly what I did first. Hey, before I become a licensed realtor, let me see what the struggles are of agents. Let me see what the process is like. Let me see. Let me just see. So what do you know? Podcasts are free. I stumbled across yours and I've been listening to yours every single day. I am not oh, kidding. So that is so yeah. that is that is flattery will get you everywhere, Ali. So thank you. <laughs> um I uh you are now my absolute favorite guest I've ever had on the show. Um, but I say that to every guest. So um, but but no, but th thank you. And and I think we are not the only show out there. I'm glad you found ours. There are some other really excellent ones. Real estate rock stars is very good. Um, um, massive agent is very good. So shout out to those other podcasts that are helping people as well. I am just one of one of many. Um, but I am I'm glad that that and, and talk about um, because there there are uh, uh, there are lots of great shows out there. Um, how did that help prepare you? Was it just sort of understanding understanding this is the path and this is what it takes to sort of succeed? Yeah. So knowing that the that the barrier was low, right? The barrier to entry to being a realtor, anybody can do it as as long as you're not a felon and you pass the test. Great. You know that that's uh, the pool is very large. So as I was listening to um, podcasts that interview top agents that know how to run a business, that's when I realized that's when the the light turned on for me as far as it being an actual business. It's not showing homes and talking about how cute a house is, which is like not my thing. <laughs> you know, it's like, the, you know, so as I realized that there are funnels and there's a way to scale it and there's a way to automate stuff. So that way you're not answering the same questions over and over again. You can you provide the same level of service, actually, I think better if you compile all the frequently asked questions and make a video series for buyers, for sellers, for referrals, for agents, for everything that will buy you back so much of your time. So that's when I realized, hey, there's a process to this. And I that's how I want to run my business. And that's when I realized it's not just oh, showing doors, which all the clients think it is. So that's when I got my license. And I got my license in uh, 2021. Uh, I was still active duty Air Force because again, I'm I'm very risk averse. I didn't want to I didn't want to separate from the military. And then at that point, after that, after I'm without a job, realize that I don't even like being a realtor. So right. I gave myself one year as because I had one year left in my active duty Air Force commitment before I separated as a major. And I gave myself one year. Can I make as much as I'm making right now in the military? And at the time, it was $107,000. I was like, I just want to Which, meet. by the way, that is a tough, tough uh, barrier to clear in your first year as an agent. Like, that is that is a great salary in general, right? Like, $107,000, it's probably not enough for people that want to earn more, of course. But for, you know, all intents and purposes, that's a really good salary and not an easy one to just go out and get. And so to give yourself a year is really putting the pressure on you to sort of make it happen. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I told everyone I knew, hey, I'm getting my license. I'm not licensed yet, but I'm getting my license. And I have experience, right? Like I had, I've been purchasing properties. So people knew, start already started making that connection. Allie, the agent, which I was a federal agent for the Air Force. So that was my handle. And the military thought I was like me being a special agent. And of course, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a real estate agent now. So um, <laughs> and so I started telling everyone that I knew and I matched that salary of $107,000 by month eight of me being a realtor, solo, part-time. I was still traveling in the military and everything too. I was like, it was completely unsustainable. I am very much so aware. Like I could not do both at the, at the same time forever. So knowing that I matched that at month eight, and then of course I continued making more because of the, um, that's how sales work. Um, at that point I realized one, I matched the income, which is what I wanted to do. I made it in less time and I didn't have the stress of being in the military, which I was not the biggest fan of. Um, and I liked it. So then I doubled down, I separated from the air force. And now I have since then like grown the, I don't want to say the word team because we don't have any team splits. There, there are no team splits. It's so downline, I guess, like I've grown the downline to 30 agents and we're growing at like three agents a month. And I have all of the checklists because as I was doing it, I didn't want somebody else to ask me the question of, hey, what's right. the step again? And me not know. How am I right. going to be a resource to them if I don't know? So I'm like, hey, I'm going to, as I go through every single hurdle, I'm going to add it to the checklist and I do everything on Trello. It's free. <laughs> so I add it to the Trello checklist and I give them all access and it's it takes them step by step. And by the way, I should a little shout out to Trello. I since the beginning of my podcast, I have only used Trello to manage all of my guests' um, information and in our workflow. And there are other systems out there, but if you're looking for a, a, a visual system to basically manage projects or to-dos. There aren't a lot of them out there. And, it, and it's basically a cool way for those of us who are a little bit more visually minded to be able to to, to see. Um, I, I used to work at a software company and we, uh, all the developers, there was this big whiteboard with all these stickies. And if you've ever watched a movie where, where it's, you know, de software developers usually can see this thing where there's stickies and they move them around. And it just, from a visual perspective, it was better for me to be able to see everything. So shout out to Trello. Um, Ali uses it. Uh, countless of our, the other our, our agents, or sorry, of our guests have used it, and our agents here at our firm. And I will say, to your point about accumulating, um, sort of it, like frequently asked questions from um, from your clients, that even if you're a solo agent and you don't have a team, you need to put this together for yourself because it will allow you to copy and paste responses that are to frequently asked questions when you get those texts and emails from your client. You know, we have we have almost 800 agents here at our firm, and one of the smartest things we did for our own to be able to support our own agents is obviously, you know, if we got 800 phone calls a day, we wouldn't be able to to do much support for our brokers. Or, or sorry, in Illinois, everyone's a broker, so I'll say realtor for our, our realtors. So we created, um, you know, a, a frequent, uh, basically a knowledge base, a wiki that our agents can can use. And so having that, even for just yourself, is so important. So that you, like Ali was saying, you know, she she. She has to wants to scale her business, and she can't be doing these as many one to one interactions if she can automate some of that stuff. So 
cheers to you for that. That is that is really really amazing. I want to dive into some of these checklists too because um, I have I have had a lot of people on the show over the years with checklists, but nobody's talked about it in a long time. And if I were a practicing agent, I would be using checklists, no question about it. Um, also, I just want to say as a quick aside, just as a personal thing, we were just talking before we started the show, Allie and I, and she um, I, I won't mention where she's from just in case you know there's a privacy thing, but um, she and I have actually been to her Air Force base. And so the the uh, the funny part is I, I said I was actually at a base uh, near where you are, and you know I, I then I, we talked about it. So I have literally been to where she worked, and I mean, what are the odds of that? So anyway, just kind of a funny thing. Twenty years ago, but it was <laughs> I was still there. Uh, but anyway, okay, let's talk about these these checklists because I think there you know it's one of those things that we just assume every agent uses and has but i think most agents don't so let's talk about sort of what they're there to do and and how they work and how you created them yeah so i i started creating them with as i was going through each transaction there is some forward thinking that you can you know try to predict you know what could happen but every transaction goes so different every single time um so it's frequently asked questions was my number one as soon as i as soon as any client, buyer, seller, referral, anybody asked me a question, I would drop that same question, like copy and paste it into the Trello. And then at, at that point, if I got questions, that same question over and over again, I would make a video out of that. Because it's one thing to respond back, copy and paste a text. Um, but it's another thing for them to see you explaining it to you, even if you're not saying not personalizing and saying, Hey, Cindy, you asked this question, this is the answer. They even if they realize this same video goes to all of the buyers, goes to all of the sellers, they realize, oh, this is a whole business for her. And she treats us as such. You know, this it, there's a difference when you're just scrambling and answering a phone call, which by the way, I do not answer any phone call. I'm on track to triple my military income on my second year, first year as a full-time agent, tripling my income and I don't answer phone calls. I love it. Um, yeah. Unless like, it's a, it's already a client. We're under contract and there's some, something, you know, then at that point I will, but every, every other call is spam, you know, and it's, it's just a waste of my time. I don't even want to tally up how many hours or minutes I spend over a, a course of a week back when I did answer phone calls, answering these phone calls that were just robo, you know, calls. So I don't answer calls. Actually, a quick checklist on that is I have an iPhone, but I'm sure you could do this on, on the, any other phone that you have. Whenever you get a phone coming in, a phone call coming in, you can either respond with those auto responses that the iPhone has. It says, I'm yeah. in a meeting. I'll call you back shortly. I rephrased it and I say, hey, I'm currently with the client at the moment. I'm giving them my full attention. Can I help you with anything via text? And usually, Brilliant. yeah, usually it's a question that it can be resolved via text and or sometimes, which is a lot of the times I know realtors, I know you hear you hear me on this, where a lot of times it's a question that the, the client just all of a sudden, you know, wanted answer right away when they have access to the answer, you know, give them a little bit of time for them to do their own research, they will find their own answer. I'm not saying that they're going to run their whole transaction, but a lot of times it's, hey, what school district is this in? That's on Google, you know, like that. Can I help you via text? That adds that extra hurdle. And again, not saying it's like losing any a client um, customer service, but it's, in fact, I really think it's the opposite where, hey, I can't just ask my realtor any question at that point. I'm asking them to bend over backward and I don't even, I lose respect for that realtor because clearly they have no time since they're answering all of my questions. So it's it's treating everything as a checklist. Anyway, going back to the original question of, of checklists. Um, and so for buyers, 
sellers, as I had each transaction, I would go through the process. What do I do before I even meet with them? What do I do once I meet with them? What do I do to get them under contract? What do I do once we're under contract? What are some common, you know, occurrences that happen? What are the timelines that I know crap need to know? And how do I follow up with them after because after the transaction's over to make sure they become a repeat customer uh, client? So I after I had those, at first it was just written on on Trello. I then turned those into a video. So I have a buyer video packet. I put all the videos in one PDF. They all go back to my YouTube. And that way it's like, it's a series. Um, and then same thing for sellers. And same thing for agents now. For onboarding, I mean, we have a 180-step onboarding Trello checklist for all realtors. I love yeah. it. I love it. And, and we should also talk about sort of the ancillary um, benefit of putting this information together, which is after practicing herself exclusively, she was like, you know, this, and I'm, I'm not telling your story, but, but I'm, I'm just making up the story in my head, but something to the effect of, oh, by the way, this could be useful to other agents who haven't yet put these materials together. And Allie by now has so many agents asking her, Hey, teach me how you do that. Because number one, she did 55 transactions in her first two years, which is insane. We all know this while working a full-time job, we should mention, um, and being traveling for, for the air force and doing all of the, the, uh, responsibilities there, um, defending our country and, oh, by the way, doing all this, all this transactions. And she, she systematized everything. And now all these agents have reached out to her because they see what she's doing on social media and they see the, the, the sort of processes and systems she's built. And now they're asking her for that information. And guess what that does for Allie? It helps her in her referral business. So it, she can now focus a lot of her time on coaching and teaching and still produce by referring a business all over the country and referrals coming both ways. So I think that in and of itself is such a cool thing because it gives you this other way you can also grow as a realtor and more, we'll call it a modern realtor, um, you know, being mostly on the referral side simply by providing value to agents all over the country. So it's like it opened up this whole nother business for you, which is so, so cool. Yeah. And, and as you stated before, I track my numbers. Uh, I didn't, I, cause I want to know how much I make per hour. Right. I yeah, want I to compare that. it. Yeah. Back in my, back in the days of like me being stressed out over leaving the air force, should I leave it? Knowing I was miserable. Um, how my, I just wanted again to compare it to what I was making before. I didn't want to downgrade. I didn't want to lose money. So I created a spreadsheet and it's just Excel. It's nothing crazy. Anybody can do it, but I just have it looking pretty. So if you want to message me, but, um, I created a, a spreadsheet where every single client that I ever had, I categorized how many hours am I driving around? How many hours am I negotiating with a cross sale or a cross agent? How many hours am I doing, you know, under negotiations, sitting there at inspections and whatever it is. So tally every single hour that you spend per client for all the sellers add them all up you know divide by the commission yeah what is it by the way what 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 does it average out to for a seller and a buyer i'd love to know that number those numbers yeah so every business is different my business very surprisingly because i thought you know listings are everything listing is life listings was my lowest at 162 dollars per hour wow that was my why, why why is that do you think because I was sitting at the uh, uh, open houses. There yes. were some realtors okay. that wanted me and not anybody else. They wanted me to be at the open house. And of course, that's a conversation that I can um, 
that I since then have told them I don't I don't do that. Plus, it doesn't even help sell your house. It's for realtors to get it's more good for clients. me to get, to get leads. It's not good. And you <laughs> yeah. know what? By the way, by the way, what an honest and amazing thing to tell somebody because they are going to think, well, this my friend's realtor is setting all these open houses for me, and what's Allie doing for me? And all you do have to say is, by the way, there's a little sort of secret in the industry that you you could easily Google and find out that I'm telling the truth here is it doesn't actually sell your house. It's great for me to get leads though. So, um, yeah, so perf- perfect thing. Yeah. And, and I think you know, being be, being able to tell a, a, a seller or a buyer, you know, any of the, the sort of trade secrets, which aren't even really secrets, I think is so important to building trust and, and, and intimacy with your clients. Because now all of a sudden they're like, ah, Ali's telling me something no other realtor has told me. Yeah. And that, that really, it comes with knowing, presenting yourself as the person that you are, no matter where you're at. So the clients that you get will be are already attracted to you they know you as a person you don't have to pretend to be somebody else so um yeah at, at the lowest i was making a, I, I make 162 dollars per seller 360 dollars per uh referral and wow. 453 dollars per hour working with a buyer wow which is the complete How is that possible i i it's I know it's because I have because of your checklist. It's because of your checklist. I've perfected that checklist. Yeah, so it's I have it down to a T. Like they don't even need to answer any questions. The common, um, uh, the common response that I get from buyers is, "Allie, you answered my questions before I even knew I had them." Perfect. Exactly. Can you add that in my Google? Can you give me a five star review on my Google and say exactly that? Yes. Yes. Um, and, and by the way, my, my boss, when I bought my first condo, um, now he's my boss, uh, but but we were just friends and he was my realtor because you know that's how it works. And I once I started working here, I had said to him, I'm like, you are a really good realtor. It was my first experience. This is like 2005. And I said, well, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on why he was so good. And I and he, I said, what was your philosophy back then? You know, and he goes, I never wanted somebody to have to call me first. I wanted to to give them the information before they even knew there was a question, and that way they wouldn't bother me, they wouldn't call me, and also I would seem like a professional. So, yeah, no, one hundred percent. And now the the realtors that are like using these checklists that I have for the buyers, for sellers, for referrals, for I mean everything is on there. There's one agent that uh, joined the crew less than a year ago. She joined from, she switched brokerages. And at the previous brokerage, what she made that entire, in an entire year, she made that in two months because she was able to scale. Like it's, it's not, it's not rocket science. You know, it's, Hey, what are these questions that I'm always getting? What question bothers me? Think about that. Like, what is the one question that I hate answering? You have to make a video out of it. So, and then make that video link it to some resources that again you can just send to buyers and sellers gosh i i absolutely love all of that uh, this idea of systematizing and and having processes but i am still fascinated that buyers were actually the most profitable uh for you why is that what do you think it's because the checklist was so and, and we're talking about the pre the pre checklist working with a buyer making sure you know everything they possibly could ever look for and want and need their musts their shoulds their whatever and and then going okay I know so much about what you want I'm not going to be showing you 25 properties we can probably narrow it down to three or four or was I, I'm assuming that's kind of how that worked or am I wrong? That's exactly it. Yeah. I, so majority being that I was military, uh, I all of my clients. I've only ever done VA loans. I've only ever done like sure. one FHA. The rest were only VA. I've like never done conventional. So 
the, all the clients that I was getting was from my military sphere. They were sure. all out of state because their military is PCSing them or moving them. And they're all out of state buyers. I'm the one driving on my own time. I'm not meeting with somebody there. So I had to schedule, uh, I had to make a process out of that, right? I have to take a video of the outside, of the inside, of the neighborhood as I'm driving in, driving out, upload it all to a Google Drive, give them the link. They have access to pause, rewind, uh, zoom in, zoom out. And that is way better than a FaceTime or scheduling a Zoom call between spouses and me. And no, that's that's doesn't work. So I save time that way. And did you ever, oh, by the way, uh, real quick, did you ever use the same video for multiple clients? Because you could make that video once. And if the place is still on the market, you could possibly use it for, it, it, again, assuming that people are looking for the same kind of property, I guess you could do that technically. Right. I could. I never actually had that happen. That never so came that, up. That would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, so, and, and it's being very upfront with them. And I feel like I can be with my military clients and now people that reach out to me, they already know my personality. They know how I don't have to, there's no front. I curse. I don't dress up. I will show up in flip-flops, you know, like, <laughs> or gym attire. And that's, and I will get you your house. So I, the biggest thing I say is because I was predominantly a buyer's agent back when it was the hardest to be a buyer's agent when I first got started. And I got all of my offers accepted on the first one, except for two different clients, which took three attempts. It was, and that's because I go above and beyond. And I tell the clients before that, I'm like, Hey, I will do whatever it takes to get, to make sure that you get your offer accepted. So your friends that are placing 12, 13 offers to get a property accepted, I, that's not going to be the case with you. And I can say that confidently because Again, that barrier to becoming a realtor is very low. Uh, that is the one time I I make outbound calls. I just don't answer inbound. So I call the listing agent. I'm like, hey, what can we do to get our offer accepted? My buyer Her is serious. Perfect question. And not, 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 yeah. You're basically saying, hey, whatever, whatever you're all seeing out there, what can we do? Because we want this home. So what can we do to make this work? Perfect question. Because it really, it, it, there's a presupposition there that they're going to help you make, and if, and if they can't, if they won't, they won't, but you're, you're basically saying, Hey, I, I want this. What, what does it take? And it forces the person to answer that question in their head. And then hopefully they'll mm -hmm. share that with you and give you the, the secret little tip that you need to, to take it over the top. Absolutely. And then, and then I tell the clients before I even call the listing agent, I tell the clients a couple of things. One is as we go over your specific criteria, you will realize that you're not looking at 20 homes. There are only four to five homes that actually meet what you're looking for. So as you're looking at houses that don't meet all of those criteria, make sure that it's a level seven out of 10 before you send it my way. Cause I don't want to waste your time or my time. And I'm very honest up front. I'm like, I don't want to waste my time or your time going to these properties. If you don't even really feel like you're going to place an offer. And then I tell them, um, that I'm going to reach out to the listing agent and do whatever it takes to get their offer accepted. So do not be surprised when your offer is accepted. I don't want you backing out because, and I get right. that makes you look honest. bad. Yeah, it, exactly. And I tell them I am a new realtor. The last thing I want to do is ruin my reputation by being that agent that backs out, you know, gets, gets right. the offer in and then backs out. And so I'm, I tell every single client that like, I, do not ruin my reputation for me. My reputation is the only thing that I have, you know? So, sure. and, and at that point it, it, it becomes a team uh, thing, right? They're like, oh, wow. Yeah. I don't want to just treat my agent as somebody that can just throw offers here, left and there, spaghetti at the wall. Um, 
it becomes, I become more human to them instead of just somebody that will, you know, a robot that's going to be doing work for them. Plus, I also think too, like as the, thinking about it from a buyer's perspective, does a buyer want to go through the emotional ups and downs of losing 12 deals, 12 offers uh, for 12 properties? Like they are going to, I can't even imagine how emotionally draining that would be for a buyer. And certainly you know, I guess, you know, a realtor who's charismatic enough could maybe survive their reputation to their buyer, uh, you know, just going, well, this is the way the market is, whatever. I'm sure there's a way to talk through it, but it's certainly not a good experience for a buyer to go through that and not, and also you don't have the time to do that. You don't have time to write 12 offers. And I mean, it's just too much. Right. So, right. so anything, well, any other tips, I'm sorry, I have to ask, cause I, I'm so fascinated by this. How, any other tips to get offers accepted other than, Hey, Mr. List or Mrs. Listing agent, what, what, what can we do to make this happen? Any other sort of it's like in, in the way you present the packages to your, uh, to, to the, to the seller, to the seller's agent, what are you actually doing? Is there any little tips and tricks that you'd uh, recommend to agents to help get their offers you know, because there are some agents that just don't answer the phone when other agents are calling in because they got 20 other offers. So are there things that you, you were laughing because you deal with this all the time. So when you don't get someone on the phone or when they're not willing to sort of give you any sort of, you know, help, um, what are you doing in addition to that to get these offers accepted? I love this question, DJ. So first I, I talked to buy the buyers about it, right? Like for buyers and for sellers, I have seller email number one through six, buyer email number one through six. In the packet that comes out in buyer email number two is all of like my secrets, right? Because buyer email number one is for any buyer. If they don't want to work with me, they won't get buyer email number two. Buyer email number two is once where you and I are working together. In buyer email number two, there's that PDF that has my whole video, video series. One of those videos is seven ways to make your, to get your offer accepted. Again, it links back to my YouTube. So although I think I have that unlisted because it's just for my clients, but I'm going to share this DJ. So <laughs> in some states, they do not require non-refundable earnest money. How like how Im important to the seller and how can you wow a seller by saying, wow, no one else is offering non-refundable earnest money. These are more serious because earnest money, good faith money is, is it's, it's kind of nothing. It's, a lot. it's basically it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. anything can happen the, and the buyers will get their money back at least. Of you know, course. Of, well, that's, that's the joke of it all. At least here in Illinois, like there's almost no way for anybody to actually keep earnest money. So it's all a big kind of like, what are we doing here? Yeah. 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 So why not offer something? And I'm not talking thousands of dollars. I'm talking 500 bucks. And then that also gives the, the buyers the buy-in. Oh, wait, do I really want to miss out on 500 bucks? Do I really like this property enough? That's number one. Number Love two that. is. Yeah. Number two is the escalation clause. Of course, like, hey, if you have another offer, we will beat it by 500, 1,000, you know. And then, of course, talking to the listing agent too, is is 500 bucks or is that ex extra amount of the escalation clause even worth it? And have them decide, you know, if if they don't want to respond to you, that's that's fine, which I will say actually right now is if you get a listing agent that doesn't respond, then send them a video text. Don't send them a text because how many texts do you get a day? You know, that's just words. That's people just trying to solicit business. No, um, send them a video text. Hey, what's up, DJ? Uh, my name is Ali Garcetti. I'm with eXp Realty and I don't want to bother you. So I just wanted to send you this quick video. I have buyers that are very interested in 123 Main Street. What can we do to get their offer accepted? Please give me a call back when you can. Thank you so much. 
That's it. Like four seconds. And I love it. And do you do that like on Loom or BombBomb or are you sending a video text or what? How do you, what's the way that you do that? It was doing it on BombBomb, but that BombBomb creates one, an, another layer of friction where they have to click. Yeah. They have to click and then it goes to the link. So I just send it, especially if it's iPhone or iPhone. Oh, so it's so easy. I just send an actual video from my phone yeah. to them as a text message. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and and, and what and, and I know you can't see the open rates on those. You'd be able to see bomb bomb, mm -hmm. but um, what do you think the open rates are when you send those video chats to other other agents? It's got to be pretty high, I'm guessing. Yeah, one hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. Because one, they see because because everyone else the barrier is so low. Everyone else leaves it at a phone call, leaves it at a voicemail. I don't answer voice. I don't even listen to voicemails. If it's that important, right. you will call me back or you'll text me because my even my voicemail says text me. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, and and everyone else just does a a, a, a text, which now all text seems so spammy. Make yeah, yourself look like a human. Yeah, and and showcase your personality. You don't have to be like the whole bubbly person, but if you're real, if I said if I get a video text message, that shows me that that person is serious. They created a whole video for me, even if it was four seconds. Now I know what they look like. I already like them. You know, yeah. I maybe I do want to work with them. Maybe I do want to. Um, trust them to get their offer accepted, all that. So that's number three, I guess. Uh, number four, let me, I actually, I have seven different ways in my video and this has been a while since I've actually worked with, with buyers. Cause then my second year I worked mainly sellers when it was harder to be a seller, a listing agent. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I'm telling you, though, like just, just as, as you're trying to find a few of those other tips, and you don't have to have them all in front of you, of course, but I, I know what the title of this episode is going to be, and it's going to be, believe it or not, it's, it's more profitable to work with buyers. And everybody's, this is going to be our most downloaded episode ever because nobody is going to be like, there's no way that's possible. And we are going to show that it is. Um, so I, I love these tips. I do have a question I wanted to ask you uh, when it comes to submitting back to submitting offers. What do we think about love letters? And for those of us that don't know what a love letter is, this is when you have your clients write a letter about how much they love the house and what they plan to do with it and, you know, how grateful they'd be if they had offered, get accepted, you know, basically a lot of, um, you know, interpersonal sort of stuff. And there's there's debate on this. There's, there's lots of debates on possibly is it even violating fair housing. So there's a whole sort of compliance issue. Some states are okay with it. Others aren't. Um, but um, it's a controversial topic. What do you think about those? As before I got my license, I loved love letters because I was an investor. I'm like, Hey, I want to tug at the heartstrings and you know, all of that. But now that I'm a realtor, first of all, $25,000 fine. I don't, I'm not going to mess with that. I'm not going to mess with that. So I do, I switch my opinion on that. I do not like love letters. Plus, uh, with a love letter, yes, there are some things that you cannot say to not violate any housing rules, but even I don't understand because even when you sign it, even if you if you add a photo, they see what you look like, you know, they yeah. see what that couple looks like or what that person, the type of dog, anything. And when they sign their names, you can judge based off of their names. Sure. So if a judge it, really- It's too risky a, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's just too risky. Way too risky. Yeah. yeah. So I- 
Plus, yeah, you don't need it. I get my offers accepted. You know, that is that is such a yeah, – right, you don't need it anyway. But it's such a strong point. For those of us that are still doing love letters, let's, let's just think about a scenario here where you don't want to lose your license. You don't want to get in trouble. And certain states are more lenient about it than others. But let's think about this. They see uh, the last name being signed. And let's just say it's Garcia, just, just choosing a name at random. They can make an assumption based on that last name and ethnicity, you know, where that person's from. You can – somebody – people can make assumptions about education, finances, and all of a sudden now we're into this weird fair housing gray area where we haven't technically violated uh, fair housing because we're not saying, hey, this is so-and-so Garcia and look at all the cool stuff associated with that name. It's But people do make those assumptions because we're just human beings who'd like to put people in categories. And all of a sudden now, whatever we think about that last name Garcia might start flooding into our decision-making strategy as a seller or as a seller's agent. And so you just don't want to be part of that at all because maybe even five years later, if your client feels like, oh, I bought a, a bad property and and they talk to an attorney and they're like, ooh, look at this. We could make an uh, assumption that, you know, based your realtor sort of did the wrong thing, even though it wasn't intentionally done for the wrong reason. So you you just made a very very compelling case to just let's just play on 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 this on the on the safe side and not give somebody the op the opportunity to make a decision that possibly could bear, violate fair housing. Yeah, smart. Yeah. Oh, along with that too, what what typically goes on a love letter? A photo. So yeah. now they're judging based off of what you look like with the clothes, <laughs> yes. the background, the, you know, like what's yes. what kind of what town what town of you know what town are you in? So everything yeah. and. The timing itself, even if even if it was black and white, like I know that this one, you know, would not violate any housing rules, the timing never works out. So I don't know, you know, because as soon as we're placing an offer or, or my clients want to look at a property, want to want to make an offer on a property, at that point, then they're going to snail mail, you know, or maybe find an email that they might or might or might not open. Then they're going to snail mail. At that point, we're already under contract. <laughs> that It's just, you know, it's so no, I, I don't like love letters. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. How important is it to develop relationships with other realtors in your market? Um, because of course, love letters, we, we talked about potential fair housing violations, but having strong relationships with other realtors does possibly help grease the wheels uh, because we like to work with people we like um, in a lot of cases that may help push you over the edge if you have similar or, or very, you know, identical offers possibly. So I'm curious on, you know, you know, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, what you do for clients, but when you work with other realtors, you know, how are you trying to keep those relationships strong as well? That's a super good point because that does, that will make or break you getting an offer accepted or you accepting someone else's offer when you're the listing agent. Like, Hey, I know that, I know that buyer's agent always places an offer, gets it under contract and then their buyers always back out. You know, like that's it's like in the beginning of the episode, it, it's everything. Relationships are everything. And so I tell the clients too, I tell the list, you know, my sellers, I tell my buyers this, uh, the relationships between realtors are everything. I will let you know uh, whether or not I have had a transaction with them in the past, whether it went smooth or not, because there are some people on my red list that, that I will not work with again. And I will tell, of course, it, at the end of the day, if the buyers really want the property, of course, but I will tell them what happened previously uh, because it can happen again. So that's that's my fiduciary duty to my client is to let them know what could go wrong. So. And then, of course, the list of people to work with is is always 
bigger, which is nice. But yeah, of course, if I know of someone that's a black and white or, you know, side by side offer, which is the same thing. And I know I have worked with an agent in the past and they're professional to get the job done. They, you know, they work with their client, they're communicative. And then the other one I've never worked with, or I've heard poor things about, I'll tell my sellers that exactly like, Hey, this is what I know. This is what I hear. You make the decision. If you want to go with the, with the agent that we've never worked with before. Cool. It's completely your choice. It's not my house. This episode of keeping it real is brought to you by Modwell. We've all been there. You can see the potential of an outdated property, but your buyer can't, and the opportunity is lost. You wish you could snap your fingers and transform the space, and now you can with Modwell. Now listen up. This visionary team with years of experience in real estate, architecture, design, and prop tech built Modwell's 3D-enhanced listing technology to digitally reimagine a property so you can show your buyer the stunning possibilities in real time and inspire action. Modwell visually transforms high-end homes as well as new developments to move prospects quickly. Josh on Million Dollar Listing used Modwell's 3D listing tech to re imagine an outdated 1930s home and went from zero showings to 23 book showings and two offers in just 10 days. That's impressive, right? Now you might be thinking, I already get renderings done. Well, this is nothing like that. This is next level interactive 3D like you've never seen and you must see it to get the full picture. I couldn't wait to try it myself and really honestly, the demo blew me away. I want you guys to experience Modwell and transform your properties. So I asked them to do something special just for our listeners. And they came through with a $250 credit on your first enhanced 3D listing. Just use our special link, livemodwell.com forward slash real. Again, that's livemodwell.com forward slash real. Choose them for your very next listing. Help your clients see the future. And now onto our show. Yeah, and, and I think it's also important for everyone listening to remember uh, that there's always a wrinkle in every single transaction. There's always going to be something that comes up at some point that is going to completely freak the client out. It's just, what, it's just what's going to happen. It's just the way it works. And so understanding that you're going to have to solve for that anyway. Um you know, at some point is really important because it's going to happen, but trying to minimize the wrinkles is is really the job of the realtor or one of the jobs of the, of the agent. And so this idea of knowing, hey, this person, you know, I, I, here's what I know about them, I think is, is really, really important because you want to minimize, you know, whatever the unknown challenges that may be coming up. 100%. I am, um, I, I am, I'm so, so impressed with this because what we're really talking about is process. And as we're talking, I'm almost, I, I, I want to talk to you offline because I want, I'm curious if one of the, the things with our show, so I'm sort of speaking to the audience right now. Um, I apologize for taking a, a moment of Ali's time away from her, but I want to, I want to think, I want you guys who are listening and or who are fans one of the things about being a podcaster is it's it's really a one to zero relationship because we don't oftentimes get feedback. Like we know because people download and we know those kind of numbers, but we don't get a lot of like, here's what I'd like to hear more of or less of. And I, I realized as Ali was talking, one of the things we haven't, I haven't done a good job of on the show because I'm not a practicing realtor. So I just always go, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Um, a lot about process, but we haven't really ever had a dedicated series around process and, and like specifically like step-by-step. So I am curious to speaking to our listeners, if you would like a regular series on process, like literally 
how do I win a listing presentation? How do I work with buyers? You know, how do I win offers? Um, all of the how to's, like specific step by step. Um, well, we have somebody on the show right now who maybe would be willing to come back and do that on a more regular basis. I have to pitch it to her. She, she's probably too busy to do it. But if you're looking for that kind of stuff, that like what we're talking about right now, tell us because we will we we work for you guys. We work for the audience. So please tell us what you want because this to me is blowing my mind, and I don't do enough of conversations like this. So Ali, back to you. I apologize, but you are you are doing so such important work for for our audience right now. If this is resonating with you guys, please let us know so we can do more of this and maybe we can have Allie back on on a more regular basis. And she can go through all 180 steps of one of her checklists and 200 steps in her other. And honestly, guys, imagine if you had that, your life would be so much easier. Let's make your lives easy. It's hard enough to Okay. I'm going to talk about sellers because this is a seller's market. We know that. How are you finding sellers and how are you, what are some of the ways in which you're, you're finding opportunities with sellers? Everybody wants more sellers right now. Yes, they they do, right? Uh, unless they realize that they make the <laughs> they make more money with hour. buyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, first, actually, just because it popped into my head, the other two other ways to get your offers accepted back to buyers super quick yeah. is Great. one um, becoming some add something personal and something funny, something slightly outlandish in the contract. If they like tickets, if they are, I don't know bear fans buy them yeah. tickets buy them tickets to like a, a concert maybe not taylor swift but you know a concert <laughs> something will have them be like even if the offer price is lower they'll be like oh my gosh wait they thought of me they they realized that i like the yankees so now they got me yankees tickets like wow so Love that's that. number one another another one is um a more aggressive one where you will offer 10k above if they accept it today and if they don't accept it by today, it'll go down to this number. So, how, how often does that work? By the way, have you like? Do you have a percentage, rough a percentage of how often you've tried that and how often it's actually you know closed the deal? It it works more if you don't offer that on the first day of the listing. Sure. So because of course they they don't want to tie themselves down when it's day one, um, but week three, if you offer that, you can get a good deal. Like, hey, this is how much I'm going to offer. But if you don't accept and you, you know, starting tomorrow, it goes down to this number. Have both numbers work for the buyer, of course, but it's a great way to get a foot in. Wow. And I've never heard anybody mention that. That is such a simple and a simple idea that I love that. I love that. It's almost and then like, if you, you know, combine any of those. Oh, yeah. If you, if you combine them, all of a sudden now what you have is a very unique offer. Like at the very least, it's unique. It's no one else is doing that. And you now have this, you know, possibility of somebody, and it's funny, you have a cute little thing in there, or you have a gift or, or some, something, uh, a value to them. And, uh, you just want to be unique and no, I, I love all of this. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's, so, let's, let's, yeah, let's get to sellers. So what's, what are, it, it's tough right now. Let, let's be honest to everyone. So I, I saw a statistic recently and I'm probably off on this, but it's close enough. It's something like, I think it was 85% of home U S homeowners currently have a mortgage under 4%. So it's something something like that, mm -hmm. um, right around that number. So there's a huge disincentive 
whatever the disincentivization, whatever. There, there's a huge dis- disincentive to move. I don't know the word, um, but uh, to, to move right now, right? So I have a 3% mortgage. Like I'm not moving. I'm not going to a 7% mortgage unless I have to, unless I have to move, unless there's a really compelling reason, unless my home is appreciated so much where it's like makes sense to cash in on that. Um, but that's a huge problem right now. So, so how are you still finding these seller opportunities? I feel like my answer won't appeal to the masses, but again, it, it's my military community. Yeah, so they, 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 they move, they move around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they move. Yeah. And you know, if, if they have the investor landlord mindset that they're not going to sell, it's great. Uh, but a lot of times they, they do want to sell. And, but to try to appeal to more people that are not in the military, or if you're not in the military, maybe take that like military relocation. I don't know, some, that cert. Uh, not not for the three letters at the end of your name because nobody cares about that i promise right. uh, but just to get more of the inside scoop of like hey what is life in the military like you know do oh they have 10 days to find a house as soon as they move that's short <laughs> you know wow. and knowing just the acronyms you'll be able to get better better suited and therefore talk to be in the military community um for those that are not maybe it's like you're not near a military base or post um then at that point i would say just, I guess, uh, cold calling, <laughs> you know, like, and it hurts for me to say that because I don't like cold calling. I don't, I don't even answer the phone, you know? Um, but you can get a great success from that cold calling, you know, even if you want to go off market, direct a seller, I would probably shy away from postcards only because it's so money heavy, where if you do not continue a lot, of, a lot, which a lot of agents don't majority do not, then you're going to think postcards don't work. So, um, that's, you know, direct mail can anything, any strategy that you choose, if you stick with it long enough, it will work. You just have to choose a couple and stick with it. I, I was just thinking, um, yes, and I could not agree with you more. Here's a great phone call, and I'll, I'll, I think it's a great phone call. Ali will tell me if it is or it isn't. So I'm I'm a homeowner. I bought a new development a couple years ago uh, in a new a condo in a new development, and I have a thing on Zillow because I should have it on the MLS, but I do it on Zillow because it's easier. And it sends me a mm-hmm. report like once a month. And look, whatever we think about Zestimate, fine, but it's what our clients look at. So let's like at least yeah. acknowledge that we should know what a Zestimate is and and whether how accurate or in inaccurate it is, that's what people are using as a metric. So every month I get a little thing that says, hey, we think your home appreciated or depreciated by X. Now here's a great phone call because I I set that up for myself. Um, I got a thing uh, a week ago that said your home appreciated an insane number, like 150 grand in the last 30 days, which by the way, which sounds amazing, but that's not really like the reality of the situation. But whatever it is, I noticed it. I was like, well, I'm still not moving, but like here would be a great phone call. Hey, m- hey, DJ, you don't know me. I'm a realtor. I was looking at your building. Um, I don't know if you know this, but in the last 30 days, like I've seen your, your, the, I think the value of your property is appreciated an insane amount. If you want me just to ever shoot you over a little projection of what I think is happening, like I'd be happy to do that. If it, because most of us are not who are out of the business, who are not in in real estate, are not really watching our home value pricing. But I would like to know that my home appreciated X amount, and not one realtor has ever. And maybe it's because I'm in the business, and I don't think everybody knows I'm in the business. I don't think anyone probably really knows him in the business, but I have never gotten that phone call. I have never gotten that email. I've never gotten a text from any realtor going like, Hey, I want to run a, an updated comp. Cause I think your home's worth a lot more than when you bought it. And I just want you to know what it's, what, it, what it's appreciated to curious to you, to get your thoughts. Is that, is that a good strategy, bad strategy? What do you think? 
I think that's a great strategy because one, they realize that they took out time to personalize it. That's for you. That's not your neighbor. That's not somebody down the block. That's that's for you. So, um, and I, and I hear people doing that all the time, like, or they will even take a screenshot or print out the Zillow, the Zestimate and say, this is what Zillow thinks. What do you think? I have my own opinion as well. Call me. <laughs> and so something like that could work, could work too. Well, we're going to have, we're going to wrap up right now only not because I want to, I would, I would talk to Allie all afternoon, but we are going to get her back because we're going to talk process. I mean, I have to sort of convince her that uh, she can come back, but if, if she, if she wants to come back, we want her because we're, I want to bring this, this information to you guys, our audience, Allie, you are amazing. And by the way, you can learn this directly from Allie herself. You don't even have to wait for our show. So I want everybody to follow her on social media. We will have a link to her link tree or all her social uh, channels. Um, you have a link tree, so we'll, we'll use we'll use that. Um, but we will also, uh, yeah, link tree. Ali, well, it's yeah. I'll put it in the in the chat or in the um, in the description. So we'll have a link to her website. We'll have a link to her link tree where you can follow her on social. And she gives this information away to any other agent that is interested. You can learn from her. You can even partner with her. You can be part of her group, her team. She is growing this massive team, and she's only three years in at this point. She's crushing it. She's doing it right. Guys, this is a really good wagon to hitch to. So please find find her, follow her online. Allie the agent, A L I the agent. Follow, find her website, Garcia. I'm sorry, Garced. I was saying Garcia earlier. Garced Realty, Garced Realty, G A R C E D Realty.com. Link to that as well in the show notes. Please follow her. Consider joining her team. She can take agents from anywhere in the country, and her job is going to be to train you to do what she does. That's what she does. She actually trains agents. And if you're not getting that kind of, um, you know, uh, sort of training and support from your existing firm, great opportunity to work with Allie. She's awesome. She's her star is rising, and she's the real deal. So I am a huge, huge fan of yours. Thank you, Allie, for being on the show. I, I hope our audience got as much excitement and, and value that I did. I know they will. Um, I want to get all of your feedback. So please, everyone listening, let us know if you want to see and hear more of Allie. I know you do. Um, but let me know so that I can work on making that happen. Um, and I want to thank Allie on behalf of our audience. We know how busy she is. She's got a whole team. She's doing deals and she is very, very busy. So thank you, Allie. And on behalf of Allie and myself, I want to thank the agents or sorry, our listeners who are agents. Um, thank you for supporting our show, continuing to listen, support our sponsors, guys. They pay our bills. We love our sponsors. Please love them back. Check their, their products and services. And also just tell one friend about our show. Think of another agent that is struggling right now. Guess what? Most agents are struggling. So give them a, a reason to not struggle as much. Send them a link to this episode. You can send them to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. We're on every social platform. We do day-to-day, -day, uh, well, we haven't done for the last few weeks, but we're doing um, almost daily uh, video clips as well. So giving some short insights there. So follow us on social media. We're on every channel um, and we will see everybody on the next episode. Ali, thank you so much. This was so much fun for me. Thank you so much, DJ. I loved this. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Allie. We'll see everyone on the next one.